An unidentified flying object lands on Earth. A mysterious alien and his robotic defender emerge. A message of warning for all mankind. All this can only mean one thing. We're comparing the day the Earth stood still on this episode of Retro versus Remake. Sorry, I was just doing like John Belushi like faces as you're doing that. I don't know why. I was like, this will be a good idea. I'm cool with that. Um, I'm Reggie Parker. And I'm Dan Bulick. Welcome to another episode of Retro vs. Remake. This is the series where we compare movies and their remakes. Join us as we answer the question, should this remake exist? Today's films are the day the Earth stood still. Let me try this. Fungies. <clears throat> I'm having cores as well. Oh, very good. Nice. You know, when the mountains are blue, Klaatu might be in them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, the Day the Earth Stood Still, 1951, starring Michael Rennie, Patricia Neal, Hugh Marlowe, Sam Jaffe, Billy Gray, Francis Babier, and Locke Martin. Directed by Robert Wise. Screenplay by Edmund H. North. Based on a 1940s science fiction short story, Farewell to the Master by Harry Bates. And our music is by Bernard Herman. The Day the Earth Stood Still 2008, starring Keanu Reeves, Jennifer Connelly, Jaden Smith, John Cleese, John Hamm, Kathy Bates, Kyle Chandler, Robert Nepper, and James Hong. Directed by Scott Derrickson. Screenplay uh, by David Scarpa. Music by Timothy Williams, who did more like the orchestration, and Tyler Bates, who did the composing. <clears throat> so, um, I guess this is a section where we do uh, first experience of either film. Uh, I know I'm kind of the, the point man today, but I'll just start with mine. I watched The Day the Earth Stood Still in high school in a film studies class. So, I was very familiar with, uh, with the film and some of the different, like, uh, visual tricks that they did, some of uh, just the way that they sort of moved this job. I mean, the genre was well-worn, but like uh, this one has its own sort of twist to it, especially with the Gort character. Um, so I was familiar with, with the product and, and I've also seen the 2008 film um, because I was already a fan of the original film. And um, yeah, I don't, I'm pretty sure I did not see that in theaters, um, but I did see it, you know, at least on like HBO or something like that when it came out. And oh uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Keanu Reeves fan. I like Jennifer Connelly. What can go wrong? <laughs> um, I'm new to this whole thing. I had never seen either film. I know it's my suggestion, but uh, I was familiar with the original. I think uh, I had seen the clip, the most famous clip in the movie of. Uh, Klaatu coming out of the spaceship and then just getting shot, unprovoked. Uh, so that, I, I'm familiar with that and that's all I knew about the movie and I knew there was a remake because I remember seeing the trailer when it came out and I remember going, oh, I'm not going to see that. So <laughs> here I am <laughs> uh, fixing that part of my life and watching it now. So, did I like it? We'll find out. <laughs> Mysteries, space mysteries. Uh, well, before we find out whether or not you liked it, we'll uh, break down the synopsis. An unidentified flying object lands in a major U.S. city. Which one? 
<laughs> this landing garners the attention of the whole world and prompts a rapid response by the U.S. government and military forces. An alien emerges from the UFO and is shot, like you mentioned, immediately <laughs> and wounded by the military. A tall robot emerges from the UFO and quickly disables the Army's weapons. The injured alien is taken by the Army to have his wounds treated and to be interrogated. His robot counterpart is left behind with the ship. During the interrogation, the alien reveals his name is Plot 2. He and other extraterrestrials have been observing human behavior from afar, and he was sent to deliver a message to the leader of Earth's nations. The U.S. government refuses to let him meet up with other world leaders and intends to keep Klaatu and his mission classified. Klaatu escapes from his captors and takes on an alias to blend in with the humans. He gets help from a young widow, Helen Benson, and her son. Klaatu learns more about the human race while spending time with Helen and her child, and they even introduce him to Professor Barnhart, an astrophysicist who also shows Klaatu that humans do have the capability to be non-confrontational and reasonable. Go figure. Uh, <laughs> Aha, from the peanut gallery. That's good. Uh, um, meanwhile, the military has captured the, robo the robot counterpart, who is revealed to be named Gort, and plans to try and examine the robot. Events lead to Gort escaping the military facility, and both Gort and Klaatu show a display of their advanced technological ability. This display is a warning to humanity that if humans continue down a destructive pathway, they will be destroyed. Klaatu and Gort return to their ship and depart from Earth. It is now up to humanity to determine its fate. You know, that's kind of what happens in both films. Yes. <laughs> very, very similar plots. Yeah, similar plots, um, but very different films in terms of execution. And I guess one of the best places to start is with your star. So, in 1951, Klaatu is played by Michael Rennie. And in 2008, Keanu Reeves plays the iconic Klaatu. So, kind of um, jumping in to probably what's the most important part of it is that awesome spacesuit Michael Rennie's wearing <laughs> in the 51 film. I mean, the uh, was that glitter sequin? I don't know what that was, but it was, it was shiny. And uh, I thought his helmet looked kind of dumb, but that was fun. I am leaving soon. And you will forgive me if I speak bluntly. That, you know, getting away from sort of the joking nature of it, that Klaatu's message to me is just so much more clear. It's yeah. more obvious why he's there. Um, he literally says why he's there. Um, and there's not a lot of ambiguity to his mission. And, you know, even literally his first words were, I come in peace with a message. <laughs> and some guy's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I got the jitters today. I guess I'll just shoot this guy who said he comes in peace. Uh, I'm, I'm shot. Um, I thought that that was uh, a clear difference versus uh, 2008, where I think they're trying to really build out this alien kind of backstory. Like, you get uh, Keanu Reeves in 1924 in Antarctica. Um, right. For reasons. He finds a spear. He touches the spear. Hand has a wound on it. <laughs> Taking a sample. Uh, if you're going to clone humans, Keanu Reeves is a damn good place to start. It's <laughs> a damn good place to start. But I ultimately, I was thinking about that scene. It was like completely unnecessary. You really oh. don't need to have that 
long opening where he's just in the ice and then he sees a sphere and then takes his DNA because it's like just have Klaatu just look human. I mean, that's what they did in the original film. You know, he's just takes off the suit and he just looks like a random dude. You know, he says he's like 70 years old and he's a you know, significantly more healthy than the average human, but he's for all intents and purposes, he's pretty much just like a human in the original film. The remake does something that's actually pretty interesting. He's kind of comes out. He's not in a spacesuit necessarily. It's sort of like, I guess like kind of like placenta. Yeah. Is how they describe yeah. it. Um, so he doesn't look human at all, but he's, you know, he's sort of humanoid shaped. Um, but then after he gets shot and is taken to the hospital, this kind of outer layer is sort of just falls off of him and then it's revealed to be a human. And then later they explain that he's actually born into earth that way he's able to survive um our atmosphere and i thought that was a pretty interesting way of going about yeah. it yeah. and if you're doing that if he's just being born just have him look like keanu reeves he doesn't you don't need this backstory of like well he had to get the dna from this guy in the 20s that's why it looks like this guy it's like just have him be born i would have totally bought that i thought it was completely unnecessary to show him in the 20s in the ice yeah it's completely unnecessary and uh given what we learn later about kind of how much interaction these aliens have had with humans, uh, even more unnecessary, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> uh, like you already kind of had a, a template we find out. So it's like, what's the point? Um, and like you mentioned, like it is a really cool kind of alien backstory. Like I'm not used to seeing, uh, placenta aliens born. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I am used to slimy Keanu Reeves because of the Matrix. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because, yes, it's it's kind of his wheelbarrow. This wheelhouse is what he does, you know? Yeah. He's be born. Slimy fetal position Keanu Reeves is, uh, is a trope at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, I thought that was cool because then, um, you know, there's, like, uh, the salve that gets used sort of, like, by both of them. And in the original movie, it's kind of, like, just unknown alien technology. Mm-hmm. And this remake, you know, again, a bit of a stretch, but it's like, ah, placenta, it's like healing, yeah. it sustains life and stuff like that. So, like, it's interesting that, like, that right. goop um, got him through the journey through space and allows him to, like, heal himself and others. Uh, really, really kind of cool take on the alien genre that I'm not used to seeing. Yeah, and I think it was important for a 2008 film to do that because maybe in the 50s you would have just accepted, okay, this alien just looks human. I feel like they felt like there was this onus on them to like explain like why does he look human? Why does he speak our language? They explained that he kind of hacked the satellite so he knows like our languages and just like everything about humanity. So they they go a little bit out of their way to kind of give him this plausible backstory, but mm-hmm. it's it's not too much where they're like explaining it for like 20 minutes. It's yeah. just kind of like here and there. And it's like, okay, I'm picking up pieces here and there. So, you know, to make it acceptable that an alien looks completely human, I think they did a good job. And I don't think they needed to do that part in the beginning no. in the ice. No, it's like, all right, look, I like Keanu Reeves in a, in a beard, you know, <laughs> snow as much as everybody else. But uh, yeah, it's just um, kind of a distraction, right? Like it just, it doesn't further the plot. Like it doesn't give us really more information about the spheres it doesn't give us more information about how long they've been there because they do that in a different way like i described so um unnecessary scene that kind of steps on like you mentioned it's actually pretty cool um origin story uh you know like the original film like you mentioned there, there's a lot of gaps in <laughs> the story you know he's an extraterrestrial but he's very human-like but i guess the technology 
is part of the reason why he's able to survive the trip and has like a longer life, like you mentioned, um, or like lifespan. And they kind of just like did the like almost weird that sort of like, yeah, we just like watch TV and stuff. Like we, I've just been kind of learning what humans do from a distance. So that's why I know your language. And it's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guy. Um, so, you know, I, I do appreciate that uh, this remake attempts to um, build out its characters more. And um, we just get a lot more from this Klaatu in terms of uh, interaction. But I do go back to the original Klaatu being just so much more clear. And I think... Yeah. <laughs> uh, the... Reeves' uh, Klaatu, well, because of his mission, he would actually get a lot of pushback anyway. But like, hmm. it's just really ambiguous why he's there versus the original was like, okay, look guys, uh, you guys are crazy. <laughs> now, we've noticed that you have nuclear weapons now and just be careful where you're pointing though. It's <laughs> like, that, that's kind of the message versus Keanu Reeves like, I'm here to save Earth. It's like, well, what's that mean? <laughs> yeah, the, the message is definitely clear in the original. You know, he kind of keeps saying like, oh, I'm not going to tell you. I need to tell... Uh, you know, the world leaders in a group. I'm not going to just tell one person. It's too much for one person. It's like, well, you are kind of telling people, like, you know, I got I to gotta save this planet. I got to stop you guys before you just become too destructive. Um, so he he's has that message in the original film as opposed to Keanu. And uh, it's still, like, a little bit blurry. So Keanu's there because he needs to save Earth. But I think he's also there to determine if humans are worth saving at the same time. So then he decides they're not worth saving. And then for reasons, he decides they are worth saving. But it comes at a price. I mean, this, this price, this horrible, horrible price, which isn't really that horrible <laughs> as he painted it out to be. So then he does save humanity and... That's it. I don't, it's it's really muddy. <laughs> it, muddy. It is muddy because we have presumably this sort of uh, extraterrestrial experience where, like, you have been observing humans for a long time. It's like it's almost it's almost like uh, what more do you need to see, right? Like, we mm -hmm. uh, what, what do you want to do here, man? Like, uh, make a choice, Klaatu. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, you got shot as soon as you got out of the ship. <laughs> you didn't do anything. I mean, yeah. that's, that's come on, man. <laughs> that's a pretty good story. And I mean, like, um, weirdly enough, like in 2008, because of the response, because we get more sort of like motivation for why um, people are kind of freaking out about the uh, the alien, it actually feels more kind of like impotent and childish right like they're just like big scary alien man we gotta like we gotta get him and like it, it's just weird that like like the 1950s basically did the same thing but like i don't know felt more mature <laughs> in their mm -hmm. response to the alien being on earth um <clears throat> so i guess you know we could be making a statement about the u.s government and militarization and stuff like that but it's right. just like that's the only option you guys have the military option like after you've seen uh, Gort. I want to say Groot. <laughs> Once you've seen Gort, um, you know, and what he's capable of, at a certain point, you might say, hey, look, uh, I got a lot of questions. Maybe you at least play along the alien. Yeah, yeah, no, we're going to take you to the UN. You know, like, 
try a different tactic versus like let's shoot everything that's moving and um you know I don't know like I felt like in the 1950s there were times where like they understood they're like all right this is out of our control what do you want to fight you know um it just never really happens in 2008 until it's like the last moment you could try a different tactic and it it's a little flimsy like you mentioned yeah. sort of like pianos clot twos flip-flopping it's, it's very flimsy and strange yeah, it is very flimsy. I think the original film has the benefit, if you can call it the benefit, uh, you know, just think of where we were in that, in the history, you know, 1951, the arms race, Cold War is very much in play. So there is that, you know, looming threat of like nuclear attack. It's like, who's going to strike first, us or them? So that's in the back of people's minds. And that's sort of the backdrop. Um, why Klotu's there? He's like, well, I'm realizing you guys are developing yeah. this atomic power, so I got to make sure you guys chill <laughs> the fuck out because um, I don't care if you destroy each other, but that starts going out of space, then we got a problem. Mm -hmm. So the 50s have the benefit of that. 2008, you know, nuclear threat is still a problem, but it's not like we're not not, not to the level like the Cold War was. Yeah. So it's like, where do you make the focus then? It's just, well, humans are just bad so we gotta stop them it, it's very weak compared to yeah. what they had in the original film yeah talking about the original film there's a scene where they're like in the, the boarding house and um one of one of the women there is like and you know who it is you know? and someone's like well they wouldn't come in flying saucers you're like yeah you don't know that <laughs> <laughs> you know so like it, it is a focus it's like nuclear weapons are the problem right mm -hmm. easy yeah. simple um in this remake is it nuclear weapons? I thought, like, is this a mm -hmm. climate change thing? Is this, like, like what is, like, I don't know what, could, hey, Klaatu, could you tell us what we're doing wrong? <laughs> Maybe we can fix it. And he was like, no, I don't know. It doesn't seem like you guys could fix it. And, uh, this little kid's kind of cool. So maybe you guys can fix it. That guy's <laughs> a dick. So, like, you know what? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, bro, all this advanced technology, just, like, like I said, make a choice, man. Like, yeah, balls in your court. You already know why you're here. Um, you really know why you're here because you met with someone else that we're going to talk about. And it's like, what? What's the holdup? I mean, I want humanity to continue existing, but at the same time, <laughs> like, I don't like flip floppers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for some advanced alien race, he definitely doesn't know how to make up his mind. Uh, seems to be. You know, very primitive when it comes to that. You know, you think he'd be like already on top of it and just have his mind made up, but he's always like on the fence about things. And it's just, I don't know. I like a decisive alien who knows what they're here for, and then and they kind of just fall through with that, which is what the Klaatu in the original film does. Yeah. I also want to get into a little bit of their personalities because cool. they are very different uh, personality-wise. I guess we'll start with uh, the original Klaatu, uh, Mr. Carpenter, as he is affectionately called by the normal people. Um, he's you know, for lack of a better term, he's pretty much just like a normal dude, right? Yeah. He's just very polite, a little bit awkward, a little creepy at times, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, sure. especially by today's standards. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, just a pretty much a normal dude. He's very polite. Um, he gets along with the kid pretty well. Um, and he seems to genuinely be interested and curious about humanity and, you know, any redeeming factors that we have. And um, so, you know, what you get from him is you don't get really a sense of, like, danger or, like, any threat from him. Right. It's just like, okay, this is just kind of like an observer is what I got a sense of from him. I didn't think he was really going to 
do anything because he just seems so normal and you know pretty much nice yeah keanu reeves on the other hand kind of great casting for what they did with him because he's pretty much like a blank slate you can't read this guy for shit man there's no emotion in his voice at all and yeah there's just that that question like what is he here for what does he want because i can't read him i have no idea what he wants are you currently in a seated position yes do you feel pain my body does are you human my body is and that's what they decided to do with the clock too so keanu reeves is great for that because <laughs> man is just blank face the whole time so you know they did well with what they had in the remake Totally. But, you know, I kind of prefer, uh, you know, this sort of Mr. Alien goes to Washington mm -hmm. approach, you know, like, uh, yep. just kind of like the day in the life. Um, there's not a lot of, you know, they're looking for him, but it, there's not the same intensity that we get in the remake, which is like, as soon as he's out, he's basically on the run the whole time. So, mm -hmm. like, there's not a lot of time to observe um, what we do uh, versus the original film, which kind of, like you mentioned, let's Mr. Carpenter walk around. Hey, what's this? That's the... That's the uh, Washington Monument. That's the Lincoln <laughs> Memorial. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> um, and he's like, what's this? Oh, this is uh, Arlington Cemetery, where my father is buried, uh, the son we're going to talk about. Um, but, like, that works, right? He's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, most of the people that died here died of war. He's like, we don't have those anymore. <laughs> um, like, interesting, right? And to your point, like, that curiosity comes out, and uh, there's a, a nice little filling in of some backstory you know, again, it's it's loose, but like uh, mm -hmm. some backstory by having him interact with the kid, and I think that you know that classic sort of storytelling device of um, foreign person, stranger, alien, and a child who's giving him just this like um, nice <laughs> comes this in alien peace. right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like a child who's going to give you this kind of like unfiltered, like really just. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the word, but like just an unbiased right. view of the world. Um, it worked really well in that original film. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, you on that part. Like, you know, picking a child to be sort of your uh, guide to this foreign planet, it, it's a great choice because there's not really an agenda. Um, yeah, it is like pure, unadulterated. There's nothing. Um, but there's no agenda, I guess, of the kid. He's honestly just going around thinking he's showing this nice man, you know, around uh, Washington. And that's what he's doing, and it's it works. And uh, the interaction between, you know, Mr. Carpenter and the little kid, it's it's not bad. I, I kind of like their back and forth. Like, he's genuinely curious. Like, well, tell me about this, Bobby. Oh, that's that's a great man, what, what Mr. Lincoln said. that. So I really like that interaction. And it is a nice twist on the whole alien genre because you know aliens come they want to just attack <laughs> that's usually it but this is kind of this it's almost like a fish out of water thing well what's going on here this is so weird this planet so it's uh kind of charming watching the two of them just go around and uh, it, it see is. all the different sites it is and like there's these like fun moments where it's like i've got two dollars away i got a pocket full of diamonds <laughs> is that worth anything it's like <laughs> my mom says i'm not supposed to steal but i'll take those diamonds thank yeah. you it's not stealing if you pay for them kid <laughs> yeah and like um it is cool because like we get to observe klatsu kind of acting naturally mm -hmm. um and again like you said a fish out of water but like he's because he's with a kid he doesn't have to explain a bunch of stuff to the kid the kid's just like yeah you're a guy 
I'm a guy, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's hang out, right? Um, the Keanu Reeves side of it, though, is, you know, um, because his message is ambiguous, because we don't know why he's there, because he's immediately being hunted down, um, I don't, you know, we don't get those moments. Like, Mm-mm. his observation of humanity is sort of tainted by the fact that, like, basically, in a more or less 24-hour timeline, you are wanted by the FBI. Um, people are very suspicious of you. They know what you look like. Um, hmm. You know, so, you know, there's ambiguity as to what Mr. Carpenter looks like in the original. So he's able to just kind of be yeah. free to walk He's about. able to go back to the spaceship and explain how the spaceship works mm-hmm. <laughs> and get laughed at by people. That's how nobody knows what he looks like. That is so funny. <laughs> and... And uh, yeah, I mean, um, again, it's just a different, it's a different choice. The, uh, I think they were going for more of like an action oriented film, which uh, mm-hmm. we definitely got, but uh, you do lose that type of storytelling. And uh, if you're going to cast a kid, which they did, and we're going to talk about that, um, the kid really gets to shine in the original film in a way mm-hmm. that uh, Jaden doesn't necessarily right. get a chance to, but uh, yeah. It's a choice, and for what they, like you mentioned, for what they're going for, the choice works. I just mm-hmm. prefer um, just the clearness of Klaatu in the original film, which isn't really obvious why he's there and what he's doing. Yeah, I like that, and I do, like I said, I like the twist on the alien coming to Earth. He's not necessarily there to destroy. Yeah, we saw Gort do some things, and we know he has the capacity to, you know, cause havoc and violence and destruction, but just to have him not do any of that and just, you know, be the observer, I really liked that in the original, and I am sad that we didn't really get that in the remake. We just got this, you know, like I said, this blank slate, this, you know, very dry delivery from Keanu, which is works, but I definitely prefer what they did in the original film. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, like, Michael Rennie comes across, you know, um, Maybe as sort of like childlike in his nature, but like he comes across as charming, right? He's, mm-hmm. like yeah. he's super polite. Uh, you're kind of rooting for him the whole time, which is cool. Um, you know, we're rooting for Keanu, but like you said, uh, he is this, this blank alien slave. It's kind of like a very like uh, Spock like, you know, in yeah. his uh, approach to being an alien. And because we don't get a lot of emoting from him, even in these dangerous settings that he's in, um, I don't know how he feels about, you know, how do you feel about being shot, man? How do you feel about uh, <laughs> finding out um, uh, your friend has been around for a while? You know, like, uh, I don't know how he feels about anything that's happening. Um, I don't know how he feels about humanity. And he doesn't know how he feels about humanity. So, uh, you know, um, you have to take this journey with him without the advantage of knowing what he's going through. And that's... Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, it's a choice. It, it, from a casting perspective, it works really well, like you mentioned. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I prefer kind of humanized characters. So, you know, mm-hmm. slight, slight edge for me to the original just because of the story itself. But, uh, you know, Keanu, of course, like, was great at, at what he did. It just wasn't my preference. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Should we go on to our female lead now? Absolutely. We have Patricia Neal as Helen Benson, and then Jennifer Connelly as Helen Benson. Um, two pretty different characters. Um, I guess we'll just start with uh, 
I'll start with the remake because it's more clear with Jennifer Connelly's background. She has like uh, some type of scientific background. Leave all your cell phones and cameras here. Tell it. I thought it was important to have you part of this team. Don't be afraid. Afraid of what? So her coming into the picture is out of necessity because the government is trying to govern, uh, trying to gather all these um, experts in different scientific fields, and she's an expert in her field. What is your field exactly? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All you need to know is, hey, it's Jennifer Conley. She's a scientist, and she's going to interact with our alien a lot. So that's why she's brought in to the picture, as opposed to Patricia Neal. Gordon, Matu, Barada, Nick Toe, Latu, Barada. Well, it's completely random happenstance. Like we mentioned that Klaatu was kind of just going around Earth. So he decides that he's just going to rent this apartment. And one of the families he runs into is Mrs. Benson and her son. And he doesn't really even interact with the mom <laughs> until like much later in the film. He interacts with the son a lot more. Right. So that's how she is kind of thrown into the mix. The uh, Jennifer Connelly character, and I had to look it up after the fact, was astrophysicist. Um, <laughs> right, like sure. I said, though, it really doesn't matter. It's just <laughs> science. She does something with science, and that's what she's there yeah. for. Yeah. And actually, I'm even wrong about that. So that shows okay. how, how little about <laughs> An astrobiologist from Princeton ah. University. But, um, yeah, I, th I think that um, this is where the remake starts to kind of get points for me, because, like, like you mentioned, the Helen Benson in the original, played by Patricia Neal, not really interacting with Klaatu, not really in the movie that much. Um, she's a skeptical person, but not nearly as skeptical as uh, as um, <clears throat> one of the male leads that's uh, in the film. I think it's uh, Mr. Stevens. Yeah, Mr. Stevens, who you know, who's more of like I don't trust. Anything. <laughs> um, but she's like a sympathetic and empathetic character. Um, and I think that that does kind of help kind of stack the deck for humanity a little bit more because mm -hmm. she's like, she's also polite and like, I have no reason to suspect this, this guy of anything. Um, so he's cool by me. Um, I'll even let him babysit Bobby. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Like, Jennifer Connelly is just kind of rust into the movie, you know? Like you said, out of necessity. She's just kind of sitting there and like, man, get in the car, what? Yeah. yeah you're in the car. <laughs> Where are we going? I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me any questions, but you told me you would answer the questions when I got in the car. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, really, the only reason we know it's important, look, the highway's empty. It's like, oh, so this is, this is important. <laughs> cool. Um, you would think that there's another astrobiologist available to the army but you know what maybe she's the best i don't know that they don't really say <laughs> <laughs> she might just be the best damn astrobiologist that ever uh lived and um you know she plays that similar role of she's not really with the government so she's not like immediately distrustful of the alien she is more like um scientific it's funny, like, basically, everyone that's kind of science in this movie, like, took the Hippocratic Oath, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not going to interrogate this alien. That's, that's unethical. Um, yeah. 
So kind of, there's kind of this backdrop, like everybody in the movie who's the government is kind of bad, mm-hmm. and just the scientists, the well, they're serving humanity, so they're good. So that's happening in the remake. But no, you you bring up an excellent point. Like it is, um, it's kind of one of my gripes in the movie too. Is it is almost like a caricature of, like you said, military bad, scientists good, mm-hmm. humans like military bad, scientists <laughs> humans kind of good. Yeah. Um. um it in a movie that is playing with this um, very loose ethics of humanity. Like I can also understand why Klaatu is confused because like you meet these types of people, they're just gonna shoot you. You meet <laughs> these types of people, they might do uh, math problems with you. I don't know who I <laughs> who you trust. <laughs> but um, Connelly is um, she's good. She's like really good in the film. Um, she um, does a lot of, like I said, the emoting for us. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, that initial choice that she makes in the film, again, talking about, like, she actually interacts with Klaatu, is, like, they want her to basically drug him so that they can sedate him, interrogate mm-hmm. him and stuff like that. And she, like, switches the vials out. So, like, we now know, good guy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's that great scene where, she uh, sticks him with the syringe. She's like, "Run, you know." And it, it's it's cool to have a character that um, that you know we can sort of rely on in terms of narration because mm-hmm. there's not really many people in the film that are uh, like reliable at kind of furthering the story without us having to question their motive. So, mm-hmm. and she was really good um, with what she was tasked to do. Yeah. I mean, she's, like I said, the good guy scientist. Um, like, yeah, she's able to convey that by not following the government's orders, not sedating him, giving him some other injection, telling him to run, helping him when he's on the run, all while having to deal with her stepson who's treating, <laughs> giving her a lot of shit yeah. <laughs> for yeah. no, reason. no um, reason. We'll get to him. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll get oh, to we him. will. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, she... Jennifer Conley. I mean, I love Jennifer Conley. So she's good. she's great in everything she does, and you know even she's able Hulk. to even Hulk. I, <laughs> she's one of the highlights of Hulk, my friend. <laughs> okay, um, but she's you know she, she's fine, but she doesn't really have much to do. You know, she's kind of just like Klaatu's escort. You know, just taking him from point A to point B. She gets kidnapped at one point and then kind of reunited. Um, I guess her arc's supposed to be with the the stepson, but. For reasons I don't really give a shit about that relationship. Correct. Correct. So, um, you know, Jennifer Connelly's great in what she does, but it's ultimately it's not the greatest role, I guess, um, that she's played. Going back to Mrs. Benson in the original film, again, just a very much smaller role um, than we have in the remake. And like I said, she doesn't really come into play till maybe past the halfway point because she mostly kind of hands off Claw to, to her son Bobby. And then it isn't until her boyfriend starts to get suspicious of Mr. Carpenter that uh, she starts to go, well, I don't know if that's if we need to be like this bad. I, I, I kind of want to see what this guy has to say. And yeah. then, um, you know, she's able to turn and be on his side and you know, she does a, f- a fine job, and uh, I don't know. I, it's Again, it's just a really small role, but she's able to just do enough <laughs> to yeah. help Klaatu out. Yeah, I think um, that's kind of the definition. Like, the original film, it's a small role, 
Um, not very consequential until, like you mentioned, towards really more towards the end of the film. Mm -hmm. um, versus Connolly, who's constantly in the movie, but to your point, um, serves a role of just kind of like, like you mentioned, an escort. She doesn't have a lot of information about what's going on. So she's just as much in the dark as we are. And, you know, as much as I like Jennifer Connelly, it's a pretty generic character. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, it, lady scientist. That's, you know. That's <laughs> lady the, good guy scientist. Right. <laughs> um, the stepson thing does add another element to it. But uh, as we mentioned, I don't know if it's an element that uh, <laughs> we necessarily uh, enjoy. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we might as well start talking about the kid. Okay, I'll just say this, though. Mm -hmm. um, the original Mrs. Benson does save humanity because she's given specific, uh, explicit directions from Klaatu. Like, if anything happens to me, you better say these fucking words or else, <laughs> or else humanity is going to be in shit. Klaatu brata nikto, um, which was only said once in the, in the remake, and I was a little disappointed that it wasn't said again at the end. Yeah. But Jennifer Conley's Mrs. Benson, she doesn't really have that in the remake she's just kind of i guess her interactions with her stepson changed keanu reeves mind and that saves humanity so she doesn't directly save humanity she kind of indirectly saves it which i don't know i like mrs benson going klaatu barada nikto that saving. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's great you know it's cheesy as hell but it worked on me so that's, i'll take so it good. and if, if you like the klaatu barada nikto line um and you were upset that it only happened once in the remake at least it happened once. Keanu Reeves had to lobby for them to say it. Really? Yeah. They were uh, like, it was not in the script. He's like, what are you doing? Yeah. He's <laughs> like, do you know the source material? Come on. Yeah. Wow. And, and um, you know, because I guess they thought it was kind of cheesy, but like, hey, that's why we're here. We, you know, alien cheese, man. Yeah. Um, so, and when he does it, he says it, and they also play it in reverse, and that's how you get that alien-y cartoon. Uh. So, mm -hmm. so little little uh, Klaatu. Um. Oh, good on Keanu then, because yeah. uh, it's one of the parts of the remake I liked is mm -hmm. hearing that line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just we would be spending a lot of time talking about it not being in the film if uh, mm -hmm. if it wasn't there. So, yeah. like you said, good on him. Mm -hmm. Now the kid. Now the kids. The kid who uh, didn't have the same name, which is annoying. Yeah, I don't know why, but all right, sure. No clue. No clue. So we've got Billy Gray, who plays Bobby Benson in uh, the 1951 film. And then in 2008, we have Jaden Smith as Jacob Benson, uh, who in this movie, he's eight and he's uh, Helen's stepson versus uh, Bobby, who is just her son. Yep. The stepson element is a source of tension. Mm -hmm. Um it, to a point I think you were trying to make, it is an unnecessary source of tension, and it makes Jane Smith's character really unlikable. Yes. Like, he's, he's done this role before of, like, the kind of bratty kid. Uh, actually, uh, he's a he's an alumni of Retro vs. Remake. That's right. He's Second episode. Just as damn annoying in The Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I, you know, I've seen the stuff that I like him in, but, like, it was, he's just giving her a really hard time. Yeah, and I understand it. Like uh, the character's father has died in like the last year, but like she didn't do that. And, yeah, <laughs> and taking care of you for a year. And, yeah, know. like she's the only person taking care of you now that your father's gone. You're gonna give her shit all mm -hmm. the time. What the hell, man? 
And then like this idea of like, well, you're stuck with me. It's like, no, she's not. Go <laughs> drop you off in foster care, bro. Like, what are you doing, man? Um, it just again, when you have a character you like in Jennifer Connolly, mm-hmm. you don't like when someone's treating her like shit in the movie, right. even if it is an eight-year-old kid, you know, like mm-hmm. it's it's not fun. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, yeah, it's because the movie did a good job at establishing her as the good guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're giving her this antagonist and this little boy, and like we don't know anything about him other than he's just pissy every time he interacts with her. Right. So yeah, we're immediately not going to like him and continue to not like him because yeah. all you do is make him give her shit. And, and dime them out to the feds. <laughs> yeah. so annoying. What the hell, man? <laughs> Fucking Klaatu's doing some math equations over here, and you fucking calling the cops on him? What the yeah, fuck, Google man? Hunting scene, and then, you know, it was so annoying because I'm like, mm-hmm. you again. I don't mind there being like action in the film and stuff like that, but like now we've arbitrarily connect, created a scenario where right. the government's involved again because the kid was on the phone. You know, honestly, if you got a kid that annoying, keep an eye on him at all times because you know. Another scene tied to that, they're running away from these helicopters. Like, there's a military envoy chasing them. He's like, get out of here. He's over here. I got the alien. It's like, shut up. <laughs> he immediately gets Jennifer Connelly snatched up. Yeah. I, I don't know. At which point, he pulls a total 180 and says, help me, alien. Please, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sell you. You got to help me now because I'm completely helpless now. It's like, fuck you, man. You just sold me out and your mom got captured. It's all your fault. You yep. figure this shit out, not me. Yeah. So it's um. I think that it's a missed opportunity mm-hmm. to make make them so confrontational. I guess, like you mentioned, that was like to have an arc to sort of replace the Klaatu, Barado, Nikto, uh, Nikto stuff. Um, I just don't like it. It's like I don't no. think Keanu Reeves is reading me as someone that's like observing these two humans, figuring out what it is that they, you know, that they need each other. Like, it just, like, a guy watching some kid being a dick for yeah. an hour, you know? It's like, I, I feel like that was points away from humanity. <laughs> Honestly, like, the whole, I guess, thing that turns the relationship around and ultimately Keanu Reeves, Klaatu's decision is, like, they're at the cemetery of the kid's dad, and then he's crying because he misses his dad. He tried to bring Klaatu there because Klaatu can bring people back to life yeah. he's like can you bring him back to life he's like you're a dick no I'm not gonna no he, he <laughs> says uh, he just says nah some things I, are just impossible for me and then yeah. Jennifer Connelly shows up and then he's like I'm sad about my dad she's like I'm sad about your dad too and then he's like what you are oh shit I guess you're an okay stepmom yeah. I guess we should hug and then Keanu Reeves is like oh that's heartwarming so I'm yeah. not gonna destroy humanity I, it's I so, weak. so weak so weak so weak it's like uh you're not the only one that lost someone. It's like, yeah, man. Like, what? <laughs> what? Like, we haven't resolved this in a year. Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. You know, maybe... It's it's bad. You you know, it's a really big missed opportunity because mm-hmm. instead of making me care about this kid, I I don't care about him, and I kind of want him out of the picture. Right. What they should have done is like made him have a really close connection with Jennifer Conley, and that way I'm worried about his safety, right. and I'm worried about what that means for Jennifer Conley's character if anything happens to the little kid. Right, but right. I'm not cared about any of that because this kid sucks. Yeah, and it's like, I get it. She's like ultra responsible and stuff like that, and uh, you know, it's the same where he's like, no, I'll just stay by myself. He's like, you can't stay by yourself. But you're right, like, 
you just flip it, right? So, like, when the military first comes and grabs her, instead of him being like, I don't care, if he's like, wait, like, take me with you, he's like, I can't. When you hand him off to Navy, completely different film, completely mm-hmm. different character, um, and someone I think we could rally behind. Like, he's eight. Why is he so confrontational? You know, yeah. like, why, you know, if you play him up like 13, 14, you can do that and mm-hmm. give him sort of like our body character from our, our other alien movies. War you know, of the Worlds. <laughs> yeah, well, you can give him like a I want to fight mentality, but like when you're eight, we know you can't fight. I'm not sure why you're fighting. You're in this like insane scenario and you're just acting like nothing's happening. Like you're not hanging out with an alien. You're just uninterested in the alien. And more interested in fighting with your uh, your stepmom. It's so weird, dude. So weird. Yeah, it, I don't know if you could tell. I didn't like the Jacob character in yeah. the remake. But you know what I did like? I did like Bobby in the Bobby original Drake. film. Cool kid. Cool kid. You know, this is Bobby, just very unassuming, very polite child. You know, sees this Mister Carpenter and he starts to take a shine to him. Mister mm-hmm. Carpenter, like you know, treats him pretty respectfully and you know has like an abundance of information that he's they're just teaching bobby and you know he starts to really like grow affectionate for this uh alien guy and you could totally buy it like i totally bought like oh yeah this kid really likes this guy because this guy's kind of you know like we said he's charming he's very polite he's nice it's all these great things he doesn't have a father figure so yeah he's gonna be attached to this mr carpenter and then he's gonna be you know mr carpenter's uh guide through the world of humanity and just how we are as a people and it's i thought it was a great decision to have that innocent kid you know Mm -hmm. show this alien like or try to show him like kind of the best of humanity it it worked on me and he's very protective of klaatu which is a plus you know like he he doesn't just tell all the information um even when he tries to sometimes you know you get a little bit of humor he's like yeah we were out there last night we saw gort out there by the by the spaceship and I was like, that didn't happen. He's like, why are your shoes wet? He's like, yeah, the grass is wet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that scene. I, I just like his like childlike innocence and like mm-hmm. he, he, there's no BS in what he's doing. He is just who he is, and uh, and that's a little kid. And yeah. it's okay to let little kids be little kids in a movie instead of making them just like fighting everybody tooth and nail. And Bobby just uh, like I mentioned. The, the fact that he um, he's got him, the fact that he's protecting him, the fact that he's attached to him. I'm now hoping that Klaatu is protected and, you know, close and, you know, that a good outcome happens for him. Um, there's not really a reason for me um, to feel that way for Keanu Reeves' character um, in the remake. And it, I don't know, like, even late in the film, I don't know if I want Keanu Reeves' mission to succeed or fail. You know, like I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's because you know the mission's unclear, mm-hmm. and then it's clearly the kid doesn't really give a shit about him, and then like Jennifer right. Conley just being a good scientist. Yeah, so it is really unclear. Like, should you be rooting for Klaatu? In the remake, as opposed to the original, like you said, we got the kid, room for him, and then Klaatu in general is just a really nice, it seems like a genuine guy, alien guy, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I I like what they did <laughs> with yes. Bobby and Klaatu. Like, Bobby's better, uh, the little kid, and then just that relationship that he has with Klaatu. It's, it's a really strong part 
of that original film and to have it completely missing from the remake yeah. i think was a misstep i mean like literally i would so much rather like if we took the tension down a little bit and they because uh you know the remake takes place in new york versus like dc in the original mm-hmm. i'd love to go see those guys like go eat a hot dog out uh, you know, and walk yeah. around the city, you know, can't read wearing like a Yankees hat. You know, yeah, like, exactly. I, I thought I think I would <laughs> I would like to see that film. That'd be kind of yeah. cool. Um, but like I said, they they chose sort of action over connection. Mm-hmm. And that again, that's fine, but um because the film is a bit muddy and I think they're trying to do too much, like uh with the uh Jaden's character, uh Jacob. With Jacob, he's he's too busy. There's too much going on over there. You got other characters that get introduced, and you got to figure out what's going on over there. Um, 1950 is a very straightforward story, um, and an effectively straightforward story. Guy comes Earth, comes in peace. Humanity does not accept that. He walks amongst the people, finds out more about humans, uh, especially through the eyes of this child. And, um, you know, you've got a kid who's, like, actively helping <laughs> save humanity versus a kid who's actively <laughs> um, putting all of our lives at risk for his petty squabble, which is uh, his stepmother. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know which one I prefer. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about what you said, man. Yeah, I would love that film with just Keanu Reeves and the kid and just in New York, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I was kind of thinking, like, Terminator 2-esque, you know, yeah, with Edward Furlong yeah. showing Arnold the way, you know, just little kids showing him the ways. I, I think that would it opens it up, you know, for some great humorous moments in the remake that we definitely don't have. <laughs> um, so it would have been an interesting way to go with the, the remake. But like you said, they did go with the more action-oriented mm-hmm. stuff, which we'll definitely talk about when we talk about the endings, I'm sure. All right. All right. So those are sort of our, um, our mainline characters. Uh, there's another mm-hmm. sort of important, consistent character that uh, we mm-hmm. should talk about. And that is... Uh, in the 1951 film, we have Sam Jaffe as Professor Jacob Barnhart. The result is, we live in peace. And in 2008, we have John Cleese as Professor Carl Barnhart. So it was only when your world was threatened with destruction that you became what you are now. Real smart guys. (laughs) In the original film, basically, to Bobby's best um assumption <laughs> professor barnhart is the greatest man on earth <laughs> and good for bobby because <laughs> i bet kids today couldn't name the smartest scientist on earth <laughs> yeah yeah and and you know what in many ways he was right <laughs> <laughs> you know um so th- that was kind of cool that uh bobby again a character that we like <laughs> um <laughs> introduces to another character immediately gives that character credibility mm-hmm. but hey bobby says he's smart <laughs> He's like a child, but all right. And you know, you get this similar sequence of uh, you know, Klaatu saying hmm, math on the chalkboard, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and he solves that. This is John Cleese, who I think, um, I really like his portrayal. Uh, I don't, I know we don't get a lot of him, mm-hmm. but uh, he does just read as scientific professor. And like, when him and Keanu are both like, yeah. That's, that's a fun like, little moment. It's a cool. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, which yeah. is crazy because the movie about <laughs> aliens. And, uh, again, it's the part where the humans and the aliens are connected. Mm-hmm. Is what I like. 
So that's what I liked about the first film. It's what I liked about this remake. And uh, that moment of just them solving that equation is just, it actually might be my favorite scene. And that's mm-hmm. weird to say. Yeah. John Cleese, uh, you know, he's a great actor. And he's not in the film very long. It's his only scene. Um, when he's kind of at his home with uh, Klaatu. And then it is a great moment, the two of them just kind of nerding out on the board, you know, just like, do this, do this, do this. And they're not even talking, they just keep writing. It's, it's great. It, it is a fantastic scene. And, and honestly, when I'm thinking about it now, like John Cleese, you know, the other thing he does is he tries to convince Keanu, like, humanity mm-hmm. is worth saving. He's like, well, when did you realize that, you know, you guys could had to change everything and uh, save your own race? Right. And he's like... Well, we when this happened on our planet, well, like we're kind of there now, so maybe rethink this whole right. destruction of uh, humanity idea. And so, like, I would put like more of the onus on John Cleese's character that he's the one that really convinced Keanu, not necessarily Jennifer Connelly and that bratty kid, yeah. <laughs> that humanity's worth a damn saving. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like in the original Barnhart's there. One, because, you know, he is a man of reason and mm-hmm. is reasonable and will listen to him and, you know, advocate for him. But, like, Cleese, you're right. He In this short amount of time, he just, like, he's, like, you know, connecting the logic dots for this, uh, this alien. He's like, what's wrong about humans? You guys are destructive. He's like, well, what about you guys? Well, when we had this scenario, when we were on the brink of destruction, we, we changed. And like you said, he's like, yeah, that's us. (laughs) (laughs) Please (laughs) don't kill us all. Um, And like, I just, I just like that sequence. And you're right. I think it is more on John Cleese's character. To that point, it's pretty bleak for humanity. We we had just gotten out of a scene with another character that's like, you know, kind of do what you want. Um, And, you know, I'm trying to remember how they, I think we're just hanging out Barnhart just kind of like, more like refuge really while they're uh on the well in the original film in the remake in the remake oh yeah yeah i honestly think it's just like kind of a break in the actions like we need to hide somewhere um talk to this guy he's pretty smart yeah let's go here and then who fucks it up fucking jacob fucking jacob (laughs) Jacob, man Now, uh, now the original i know like bobby you know takes him to him and it's so funny when like the maid is like gonna erase it. He's like, hey, um Yeah, he peeks back at uh you don't want to erase that, trust me. <laughs> it's like, oh Mr. Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, again, pe- people that are actively trying to destroy humanity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what all that smart stuff She's is. She's the there. Jacob of the, of the original film. <laughs> oh, could you imagine? But uh yeah, no, John Cleese is very impactful. Mm-hmm. Um puts a lot of the movie into perspective. Like mm-hmm. And things start to kind of, you know, um, form at this point of, like, <laughs> what the hell is even happening? So, <laughs> might be my favorite character uh, in, in the remake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, he he does a pretty good job, uh, Sam Jaffe, in oh, yeah. the original. Fine. You know, he's he's important. He's, he's in more scenes, for sure. He's the reason that... Um, Klaatu decides to show this sort of display of power, mm-hmm. uh, dramatic but not destructive, yeah. and that display of power is to turn off all electricity for about a half an hour. Now, I read, I reread the Wikipedia for this. Mm-hmm. Does he? Does it say outright in the film that um, he didn't turn off airplanes or hospitals? Because I don't remember that in the film, but it was in the Wikipedia synopsis. I don't, I don't remember that, but I, I'm sure. It might have been discussed because, like, like, well, you don't. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, okay, because that, that comes into play for the remakes ending. I just wanted to say, so more yeah. than likely, he didn't turn off airplanes and hospitals, uh, but he did, you know, do this display of power, yeah. and then that's why humanity or the military is going to be after him, because yeah. it, it had two effects. It was supposed to get the scientists, all the great minds, to gather together to hear Klaatu's message, but also had this adverse effect of, the military now <laughs> going, oh, right. we got to stop this guy because look what he can do. Right, um, right. So, you know, that's all on our Professor Barnhart. And he does, you know, show up with the scientists at the end and hear Klaatu's message. So, you know, he does have more of a role yes. in the original film, but he still does a great job. John Cleese's Barnhart still does a pretty good job because, like you said, he definitely puts things in perspective and yes. gives us a direction <laughs> in that remake. You know, like you mentioned, Jaffe's... Uh contribution you're right i can't under you can't understate that because uh you know that's the title the day the earth stood still he was like show us what you can do and he made the earth stand still um big big moment and uh like you mentioned um towards the ending like bringing the great minds together to hear Klaatu's message unobstructed um very consequential so you know jaffe's jaffe's good um you know i prefer Cleese because what he's able to do in such a small amount of time in the film, mm -hmm. you if you don't have that, I don't even like I don't know, right? Like I don't no. know what what humanity's doomed. We're doomed. <laughs> you know? It's gonna be on that Jacob kid. Oh God. Yeah. So I don't know man, like fun fun shenanigans at a chalkboard. Um, you know, existential questions about humanity and what it means to, you know, uh be on the brink of destruction. Um uh, all very neatly packed into this John Cleese scene. And uh, I, I really thought it was cool. Um, but, you know, both characters are great. I prefer Cleese. I'll give it a push. I'll say they're both pretty good. I don't know. I, I'm, yeah. I can't really that's choose. Fair. That's fair. I think just I, overall impact, I think it, that's fair for you to say. I do like one uh, line he had in the original film. He's like, you're putting, you're having... Are you putting a lot of faith into having me here? He's like, it's not really faith. It's much just curiosity. I like that. That's curiosity or a faith line. I don't know. It just resonated oh, yeah. with me that line. It's pretty yeah, cool. That was good stuff, man. Um, I think that this is where I want to kind of jump into some of the, like, yeah, notable characters that are, like, a big deviation from uh, the original film. Notable. <laughs> notable. Right. Um, so there's John Hamm. No, I'm just kidding. John Hamm is like such an afterthought. Uh, <laughs> is that pre-Mad Men? I don't, I don't even know. I think, like... I think so because I remember when I watched it, I don't think I knew who John Hamm was. So I was like, mm -hmm. who's this guy? <laughs> like, it was just like, just an, just an actor, right? So I think this was pre-Mad Men, if I'm remembering that right. Um, it might be right there. It's, it's yeah, it might be right, like on the cusp of Mad Men. But mm -hmm. uh, it's early Mad Men or before Mad Men. They very uh, young John Hamm here. Yeah, and since we're talking about him, yeah. we're going to talk about him much. Uh, no, because <laughs> he doesn't do much. <laughs> yeah, so John Hamm plays Michael Granier, who's basically a NASA official, which I did not know until I looked at the Wikipedia. I didn't know either. Honestly, you could have just told me another scientist who knows Jennifer Conley. Yeah, has been like, yep, that's that's his character, all right. Yep, and you know he's a um, scientist, which puts him in that default category of good guy. He more or less yep. fills that role by like mm -hmm. driving them over to, um, you know, with clock to, to the spaceship towards the end of the film. Um, mm -hmm. Is he all right? <laughs> he looked like he was all right. 
He definitely died. No, he definitely died. (laughs) He died a good guy. So, you know, scientists are the good guys. Yeah. So John Hamm, handsome bastard. um, Noble, dead. (laughs) Good art. Good art. Um, So that's a character we hardly need to talk about. Um, We have Kathy Bates playing Regina Jackson in the 2008 film. And she is the United States Secretary of Defense. She gets a lot of play because when the aliens come, they separate the vice president and the president. They're in undisclosed locations. So she's kind of in charge. And she's doing a bang-up job (laughs) of it. Um, Apparently, Bates was only, like, on set for two weeks. And, like, she basically had people, like, acting out lines so that she knew what the hell was going on. So Kathy Bates was just as confused about what was going on in the film (laughs) as we were. She plays, like, this classic unbending un you know forgivable military like war hawk that's just like blow up the alien blow up the alien can't trust him gotta gotta capture him and it's just like yo take it down or not <laughs> Kathy relax it's an alien we're okay you know um but that's her role her role is to be like the kind of not mustache for him but might as well be villain yeah. throughout the film and uh well, she, she does that well. I don't know why she's so gung-ho about it, but you know, <laughs> she's doing it. She does that well. In addition to her being like, you know, stop the alien, it's also a very like, well, this is America, you know. We're not going to share you with the rest of the world because we have you, so you're our asset. We're not going to put the other world leaders there because you want to talk to anybody. You're going to talk to our president, and that's it, you know. Yeah. So it's sort of this uh, pushback against Klaatu, whose whole thing is like, I need to tell everybody, mm-hmm. and not just one dude. And she's the one saying, no, you're just telling one dude. So they don't like each other. Yeah. yeah. And I don't really remember what happens to her character at the end of the film. It, it, it's just like, she's just, like I said, she's unbending. She's unwilling to compromise or change uh, throughout the film until she is more or less forced to by the circumstances of, if I don't change, it's over. So, um, you know, like a a foil, you know, she's there to be a foil, to be um, the villain, and she handles that well. And, you know, like, there's an arc, I guess, but it's, it's like, no credit given for this arc, because she's forced to stop being an asshole. Yeah, like, at one point, like, because Jennifer Connelly's captured, and then Jennifer Connelly's like, can you at least see my son? Like, we're pretty much fucked at this point. I don't think there's any point in me being here. Let me go see my son. And Kathy Bates is like, okay. Yeah. That's kind of her arc. Like, all right, I guess we don't need to be dicks the yeah. whole time. Yeah. It's like, I clearly have failed. I've screwed up this entire situation. Uh, the fate of all of humanity uh, rested in my hands, and I... I I dropped that ball so hard. Like, <laughs> there was no point in which she had done anything to um, <clears throat> further mankind's uh, survival. So, good on Kathy Bates' character. I mean, this, uh, this Regina Jackson character is just, um, she's, I don't know, maybe her Hillary Clinton. <laughs> 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 she's, uh, Secretary of uh, Defense, and she's, uh, she wants to be in charge, uh, you know? Um, she shouldn't be. <laughs> That's the character. Um, and, you know, there's plenty of other characters on both sides of these films that are very unimportant. <laughs> so I think the last kind of important character uh, in the remake is we have um, James Hong, 
mm-hmm. who plays Mr. Wu. I think he passed away recently, too. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I like him, too. I think he's also um, a Retro vs. Remake alumni. I think he's-, he's been in, like, so many movies. Um, now I got to see yeah. when he passed away. I'm going to hit the wiki. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, no. Wait, maybe he so didn't what? die. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I know. I just killed him. God, damn Mandela effect on me. Yeah. Um, I think uh, maybe I just saw an article about like how he's been in like a ridiculous amount of films and like nobody knows who he is because he's such a good character actor. He's such a good character actor. If I recall, he's in um, the in-laws. I think he's the pilot. I could be wrong about that. Uh, you could be right about that. I mean, <laughs> I'm about to look at his filmography, but it's a goddamn encyclopedia. So I was watching um, So I Married an Axe Murderer. And the- yeah, he was. Yeah, he's he been was. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching So I Married an Axe Murder and then Alan Arkin's in there. I was like, oh, man, this just made me think of the in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fucking I, love Alan Arkin. I'll tell you what, uh, it's still one of my favorite ones that I picked. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I'm so happy you picked that one because <laughs> yeah. I never realized how fucking amazing Alan Arkin is. <laughs> so I saw that. One of the funniest characters in a movie, hands down. <laughs> so good. So this uh, this side conversation shows you how important Mr. Wu is <laughs> in the remake. Actually, he is kind of important. I don't really understand how they brokered that meeting where they kind of meet at the restaurant. Um, and yeah, I don't. I didn't remember that either. Like they're just randomly at this restaurant all of a sudden. I didn't know if like Keanu like t- called anybody or what, like messaged anybody on the internet. It's like all of a sudden we're just showing up at this restaurant and now I need to talk to this guy. Yeah, yeah. it just came out of nowhere and for he, me. And he's got like an assistant that doesn't know what's going on. You know? What yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, Jennifer Connelly's like, are you one of them? He's like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah. you don't know that these are fucking aliens? <laughs> get the fuck on board. Fucking to an alien. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we don't get a lot out of uh, uh, James Wong, Mr. Wu. But what we do get is, uh, hey, I'm an alien too. Mm-hmm. I've lived amongst the humans for some time, Klaatu. Kind of like him. <laughs> and Klaatu's like, you have to leave or you'll die. And it's like, mm-hmm. eh, you know, <laughs> That's <whatever>. pretty good. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I'm cool. Live the full human life, which isn't much in our world, but uh, actually, if you ever try it, it's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> you yourself call them a destructive race. That's true. But still, there is another side. You see, I, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it's backstory, strange backstory. Um, not sure why there's another alien. Um, not sure why they didn't have this conversation earlier. <laughs> um, or why that alien's choice is not even remotely considered. Like, what, is yeah. he to higher ranking? Is he more important? I don't get it. It is confusing because now you think about it. I'm just going to the, the reasons Klaatu changes his mind. We could maybe say it starts here at sure. this meeting with this other alien. Like, he's saying, like, you know, humanity's fucked, but I kind of like it. Okay. I'll take that into consideration. And then he meets, you know, Professor Barnhart, who really says, like, we're not fucked. We can fix it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he still has to see uh, Jennifer Connelly and Jaden Smith kind of piece it up. And then that's when he decides, okay, humanity's worth save- saving because of these three separate events. I don't know. It's it's a scene that could have been cut easily, and He's, the movie wouldn't have lost any momentum. Not, not even a little bit. I, honestly, the scene is sort of a speed bump. I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Why? Why is he an alien? Um, but you're right. If you cut that scene out of the movie, the movie comes along just fine without any change. Um, you'll just be confused at why like James Long's looking up into like the uh, skyline at the end of the movie. But you wouldn't even be confused because he's in every movie. 
It's <laughs> like, oh shit, James Wong's in this movie. Awesome. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't get it. Um, I don't get it. I don't think I need to get it. And yeah. uh, I'm moving on. Because then, like, the question was like, you know, you got all these spears. How many times have they done this? How many aliens are among us? Right. You know what I mean? Um, that's not a question the movie's actually asking. So right. Why are they presenting this to me? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's all it made me wonder is like, well, how many more aliens are on Earth? And mm -hmm. I was just like, are we going to run into more aliens? Is that going to be a thing that happens in the movie? And it is never addressed again. Never addressed. Never addressed. All, all I know is that a bunch of spears have, uh, you know, examples of human life. And Regina Jackson, uh, Kathy Bates' character, was like, it's an arc. <laughs> and you know what that means? The flood. The flood. <laughs> Thanks, Regina Jackson. <laughs> Well, there is one more character in the remake. I don't know if we want to okay. talk about him. Sort of another character, a character actor who is in like a bunch of films, and I'm like, who is that guy again? Yeah. Um, what's that fucking guy's name? He was in uh, he was in he was in the recent like King Kong Godzilla movies. He was in uh, yeah, yeah, Wolf of Wall Kyle. Street. Kyle Chandler. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the guy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want to talk about him for like the two seconds he's in yeah, the film? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, because like I'm remembering him in uh, Wolf of Wall Street now. Fun coupons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you uh, say that again? So my friend can hear. Oh, yeah. he's, he's good at Wolf of Wall Street. He's so that. good. He's like, ah, that. He he is a great character actor. Um, yeah. I almost left him out, but you're right. We kind of need to talk about him because. He has one of the coolest, shortest arcs. <laughs> so there, there's a point where they, they have Gort, um, yep. who's definitely not Groot. Um, and they're, they're trying to like drill through him with like a diamond-tipped uh, drill to figure out how does this Gort thing work? Um, and you've got a, basically the equivalent of like a red shirt. Um, you've got a guy <laughs> <laughs> who's like tasked with like setting up the drill and uh, we recognize that Gort has, like, released these little, like, nanobot things off of him. Yeah, he's not, like, a solid machine. He's actually comprised of, like, a bunch of tiny, like, microscopic, like, insect-looking things. And then that's uh, that's what – it just comes into a shape, like a humanoid robot that's right. huge. And then this – these little micro – organisms that are like mechanical or something i don't know oh uh yeah they get like all over everything and then they just start to like destroy and eat and yeah you know They're almost yeah, like robot locusts you know yeah yeah and you get this horrific scene of uh the guy that's supposed to like put the drill on and he's realizing that the drill's been eaten through by these little robots and he's stuck and they're like whoa uh <laughs> <laughs> so then uh kyle chandler's character John Driscoll, who's kind of like a lieutenant or something like that. Um, High government guy, but you know he's bad because he's government. Yep. He's a suit. Um, he's so a suit. John Driscoll was like, don't let him out. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't care. Don't let him out. And you watch this guy like eating like yeah. from the inside and you start bleeding out. You have this other military guy at the same time. He's like, get him out of there. And then yeah. Driscoll's like, nope, nope. <laughs> we're stealing it. Yep. Keep him in there. He's like, I'm with the feds. I, I have rank here. Yeah. He probably doesn't. Um, <laughs> so he allows a man to die. Um, and once that happens, he's like, uh, and they realize like the glass is starting to crack. They're like, we got to burn it. And they hit the, um, I forget the word, but it's like they hit the button 
They yeah. they don't hit it. He hits it. He hits like an incinerator button that like yeah. just lights the room on completely yeah. on fire. <laughs> It's a flash button, like you flash, fire just shoots up in the robot. Kind of like a uh, Solaris, right? Hey. <laughs> yeah, nice. we're going back to all our old episodes Hell in this yeah. one. <laughs> Hell yeah! Actually, we're going to be doing a Back to the episode episode <laughs> soon. Um, awesome, you know, like uh, I mean, it's not awesome; it's horrific. But like, <laughs> I, that guy died. You hit the big red button, and then the fire comes up, and it's not enough. Gort's nope. still still kicking. And in fact, um, now their room <laughs> is starting to get like penetrated by these robot locust things. And <laughs> Kyle Chandler's uh, Driscoll character is like, let us out of here. <laughs> and then the, the military guy is saying, is like, no, we're locked in. No one gets out. We're all sealed in here. And he takes like a noble stance as he's about to die while fucking Kyle Chandler's character is just kind of like clawing at the door. Like, let me out, man. I want to die. And then just like, Boom, they all fucking get eaten by these locust things. Yeah. It's a fun scene in, in the sense of like uh the stakes are finally presented to us. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Chandler does this thing and like it's it's hard for active dudes. It goes from being like tense and like scary to kind of like comedic, but also tense and scary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um I think he he consistently plays that well, like kind of like a square jaw guy was like, I know what's going on and you know, there's that ah moment, and <laughs> he's really good at that. So I, I'm glad you brought him up. That was that was a fun 20 seconds of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see Kyle Chandler get uh, destroyed by alien robots, then this is the film for you. This is the film for you. Um, so it happens. <laughs> so, yeah, that's um. I think that's a nice kind of segue into um, our respective endings. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So, I guess we should talk about the original. Yeah, I think we should start with the original first. All right. Um, I could kind of kick it off. Yeah, you're, you're good at these. All right. So, um, at this point, like I said before, Klaatu had his demonstration of power, where the power was, where literally, like the our power was turned off for like 30 minutes. He's stuck in the elevator with Mrs. Benson, kind of explaining things to her. This is when he kind of comes clean, like, yeah kind of am an alien and uh yeah we're gonna be here for a while so let me get to introduce myself so they get to talking and then she's like all right we, we got to get you back to the ship um but like i said this had in addition to this getting all the sciences together his demonstration of power got all the government you know like fucking scared shitless and now we got to get this alien so um there's this like an intent well first of all i just want to say while the power's out it's like this great kind of like let's go around earth and just see how like everybody's like been affected by the power going out and i right. like this one scene where like this guy's trying to milk a cow with this device and he's like okay milk my cow what's happening here so it's it's slightly comedic uh, certainly by today's standards but i enjoyed it um nonetheless just seeing the power go out anyways after the power is restored uh the two of them are going to the crash site, or not the crash site, the landing site, yeah. um, just to get Klaatu back to his ship. On the way, Klaatu realizes, like, oh, shit, there's a lot of military guys on our way there. They're all looking at us. <laughs> so I don't know if this is going to end well for me. So I'm going to say three words to you, Klaatu, Brada, Nikto, and you better say them in case it does happen to me because Gort 
<laughs> he don't play. He's gonna fuck shit up. So you better say these three words. And she's he's like, repeat them. She's like, all right, Klaatu, Vrata, Nikto. He's like, great, great, great. They're driving, passing more military guys as they drive. Um, they they the car stops, and then Klaatu gets out. He runs. I don't know why, what he was thinking, and he immediately gets shot. Yeah. He's fucked. Uh, it's like, oh no, what do we do? She runs to him. His body is just there. She kind of leaves. She goes to the ship. The government takes Klaatu's body to the, like some facility, whatever. She eventually gets to the ship, and then Gort is just like, what the fuck? I'm gonna fucking kill all humanity. He kills the two guards that are there. You know, he just has lasers, um, as far yeah. as I could tell. This is power, I guess, in this original film. So he just, you know, zaps them with lasers. They just disintegrate. He demonstrated this power earlier in the film when he kind of just like disintegrated like some tanks and some other stuff. Yeah, he took like all their guns and stuff like that. Just, yeah. yeah. Just destroying things, you know, with ease as an alien species with advanced technology would do. So, you know, eventually she, Mrs. Benson shows up there and she's all by herself and then Gort's, luckily, Gort is very slow in approaching her and not destroying her right away because she takes her sweet ass time saying those three fucking words. Yeah. But she eventually does say, you know, Klaatu, Barada, Nikto, and then, you know, he's about to kill her, he doesn't. Instead, he takes her on board the alien ship, leaves her there, goes and gets Klaatu's body, brings that back to the ship, and then hits a bunch of buttons and pretty much brings Klaatu back to life. Mrs. Benson is freaking out. She's like, what? I can't believe you're, are you alive? It's like, what's happening? He's like, I am alive, but it's only temporary and... You don't know how long I'll be alive, but I am alive for now. You good? You good? <laughs> I am alive for now. So then he goes outside. Like, everybody's there. Military. The scientists are there. Klaatu comes out. He's got his alien space suit on him, too. And he's uh, not the helmet. You can see his face. And then he says he says his message, pretty much. And it's kind of the thing that he's pretty much been saying the whole time. He's like, you know, you got all this technology and you have all the ways to do everything, but you are destructive people and you better get your shit together or else you are doomed. And I'm just going to leave you with that. So yeah. you take care of yourselves or else you're going to be destroyed. We're out of here. Peace. And then they pretty much leave. And that's pretty much how it ends. It's kind of, um, it's not this big action packed climax. It's, it's actually like very subtle and yeah. just like you know, it's it's a bit um it's a bit of a lecture. <laughs> we oh, get definitely a lecture. As um, humanity and just like you know, warning about now that we have this um, atomic energy to destroy each other, we like we better be responsible with it or else um, we're gonna really pay. You know, it's like I said, Cold War is happening right now. You know, USSR and US just like in the arms race, so double meaning um this ending and it's uh, you know but it stayed on message at least throughout the yeah. whole film so i appreciate that yeah and you know his last little message there uh is he basically describes it you know there's basically a robot police force <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. With Gortz, and he's like in matters of aggression we have given them absolute power over us so like the robots basically are in charge of keeping the peace mm -hmm. and he says your choice is simple join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. We'll be wait. We shall be waiting for your answer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got time to think shit out. We'll let's discuss this uh, as uh, reasonable adults, and we'll just let you know what humanity decides. You know. So um, I like it, right? Like, um, like you said, it is more subtle. 
it's not like this action pack thing, but like Klaatu does a sacrifice where he's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to give you guys a chance. And they immediately screw it up. <laughs> um, you get the, uh, the classic Klaatu Brada Nikto line. And um, I just think that like that, that ending of, all right, you got shot me twice. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> we're done with this. So here, here's the message. Figure it out, and uh, I'm out. Like, I thought it was a really cool. Uh, I thought it was a really cool ending. I, I really liked how that movie just kind of progressed and went through its paces to that sort of, like you said, it was a lecture, but like a very, a fun lecture, nice little monologue at the end. I thought it was interesting, like for a couple reasons. One of them being, like you said, he got shot again and killed, yep. and still he's like, you know what? We're not going to kill you. It's okay. You guys fucked up like a couple of times by shooting me. But you know what? I don't want my cool Gort here to kill you all. I want right. you to like hear this message. Like that was my mission. Not to destroy you. To give you this message. And that's what I'm doing. Even though you guys suck and keep shooting me. I'm yeah. just giving you this message. And I, you know, I like that. And I just like that it wasn't like this big action, you know, set piece for yeah. an ending. Like I liked how that original War of the Worlds, you know, the, the complete destruction and everything. But I kind of like this one. It's like, well, this is this movie ends with a warning. Right. And that's that's kind of how we're going to do things. Because not all aliens that visit you are here to destroy you. This oh. alien is here to give you this warning. And what you do with it is kind of what determines your fate. And I, I thought that was a really bold move, I actually, for like an alien movie in the 50s. And I, I thought it was a pretty solid choice, actually. Uh I really like that uh, the ending. I agree that it was a solid choice, and uh, I can't remember this. I don't think the humans got to keep the little doohickey at the beginning. It was like you could study, yeah, yeah, all, all the plans. All like, the plans. nope, not for you anymore, you jerks. Yeah, um, but no, like like you're saying, like this idea, like you know, everyone has this idea at the time of the aliens are coming, they're going to conquer us. They don't come in peace, and um, quite the opposite here. It's like I came in peace. You guys continue to choose violence, and that's your problem. <laughs> and, you know, you can figure that out, or you can keep doing this, and, you know, it's on you. So, like, that right. warning message is uh, is interesting. And even though it's science fiction, it's actually true. You know, like, you guys can blow yourselves up. Yep. <laughs> um, but how's that working out, you know? <laughs> so it, it, I thought it was a really good um, ending. And like you said, the War of the Worlds ending was cool because, like, everything's the impending doom and stuff like that but ultimately it's just kind of like man the aliens got sick <laughs> so okay um uh what an act of god like this is the opposite it's right. like the impending doom will come if you don't change your behavior and uh, right. i thought it, it was a really clean you know finish to this uh this story and also saying it's like it's refreshing to see that like every alien movie doesn't have to have like massive destruction at the yeah. end before like things get resolved. Like this had like tension and there was definitely like death, like Klaatu died, mm -hmm. but like it ends kind of like on a high note. Like yeah. this is what has to happen and you guys can save yourselves. So it kind of ends with like like I said, like a little bit of a lecture. Sure. But um, you know, not it's refreshing because we don't need every alien movie to end with like a ton of destruction. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, in, in a way, because they do it so much, it's like, yeah, I really wish the aliens would just kind of hang out. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, um, man, I'm drawing a blank on it, but there's a film, I want to say Hereditary or something like that, but there's a film where like, uh, it's about like a linguistics expert that like meets 
aliens and stuff like that. So this was a rival. Was, was yeah, a rival. Yeah. 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 But like, you know, there was some destruction stuff in, the, in that movie, but like, I kind of liked that the first approach was like, how do we talk to this? Yeah. Guy? You know, right? like, it, that is refreshing when alien movies get out of the death and destruction zone. Yeah. So, I agree. This, and then our remakes <laughs> ending. <laughs> This remake. So we met Professor Barnhart. We've uh, we've met Mr. Wu. Kano is like, eh, I don't know. So basically, we um, we catch up with um, Jake, Jacob, the kid, has sold out the whole team. Um, Jennifer Connelly is uh, recaptured by the government, and for some reason, like you mentioned, um, Klaatu and Jacob are not. Um, oh yeah, because Klaatu can. Do magic stuff and make helicopters. Yeah, we didn't mention that. The Klaatu in the remake has powers that he doesn't have in the original film. He has like electronical powers. Yeah. As long as he's able to kind of touch or somewhat touch electronics, he can kind of control them. Yeah. Um, our first demonstration of this is when he's sort of being interrogated and he's hooked up to, uh, I guess, like uh, one of the lie detector. Or something like that, a, uh, uh, a polygraph. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he like just touches it, and then the the scientist who's reading the polygraph is like just completely like taken under his control, and then he's able to like give him all this information and just like follow his orders before he ultimately just like kind of either I don't kills him probably I I, 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 don't, know. I don't know what he does. Or just electrocutes him till he knocks him out. And then we also see another demonstration later um, after Jennifer Connelly gets captured when um, the helicopters have their sort of their the sights of their guns on him. Yeah. And for some how he's able to go through the sight to control the helicopters and ultimately just get them to collide and oh. explode. And he does one of those. I'm going to turn around as it explodes behind me yeah. kind of things, uh, which <laughs> isn't cliche at all. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he has that power. And I also just want to mention one other thing. I think at this point he's already told Jennifer Connelly like the decision, like, oh yeah, you guys are done. Yeah. I'm getting rid of all of you because you guys suck. And uh yeah, I am collecting other people other beings in this planet, but not you because humans suck. Yeah. So like um the twist is because you know he came here and again his message has been ambiguous. He says, I'm here to save the earth. Well the twist yeah. is the earth from humans. Mm -hmm. Um uh, didn't mention that before. I was a little busy clattooing, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So that that was cool. And uh, that other scene where he like just wrecks that guy with that car is pretty crazy. Oh yeah, you can go on and go into that. That's... Yeah, yeah. Well, like yeah, before just another display of power. Before they meet Barnhart, um, Klaatu is pulled over by this cop who's like, "I got the guy that the FBI is mm -hmm. looking for." Kind of remind me of Bill Burr. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And Klaatu was like, I guess you got me. I'll just put my hands on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I crushed that guy. James Smith's like, you killed him. It's like, he sure did. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. And he rubs a little space placenta on him, um, zaps him with the other car. And uh, yeah, that guy's alive again. His bones reset in a really gross <laughs> yeah. sequence. So this Klaatu has powers that 
you know, if you're going to have them, maybe we should use them more throughout the movie. Because like, yeah. Um, but it brings up an interesting question because at that point, Jennifer Connelly's like, well, you say you want to destroy humanity, but why'd you save this man? Well, he was just in the way. It was you know, point senseless killing. It's like, yeah, but you're still going to kill us all. I mean, what, <laughs> what difference does one dude make? So, yeah, again, mixed messages with this claw too. A lot of mixed messaging. So His, ex his explanation did not make me go, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> He's he still like this contradicting himself. To the mission. It's like, Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but after uh, after Klaatu explodes all that stuff, um, uh, Gort escapes. Uh, so we're back with Kyle Chandler when he gets uh, Robot Locust. And then Gort basically gets attacked again by the military, which just makes him bigger and scarier. Um, yeah, so at this point, Gort is no longer like this robot humanoid figure. He's just the Locust. So yeah, just CGI tiny dots yep. going to everything and making it disappear as he grows. Yeah. So he grows. Um, he pretty much eats anything in his wake, whether that's electronics, whether that's a human, um, whatever, anything that this swarm mm -hmm. touches gets all screwed up. And like, that's when like the end game has set in. Like, there is no way to stop them. They've tried. They've tried Sidewinder missiles. They've tried drone strikes. That don't work. They tried the flash fire. That didn't work. So now you just have a swarm in a, a goofy line where it's like, well, where is he now? Everywhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> Gort is a swarm of uh, locust robots across the entire Earth that's randomly picking what he's eating at times. Like uh, for a cool CGI effect, he'll like chew up a truck that a guy's currently driving. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and you know this swarm is happening and Keanu Reeves and um, the kidders trying to make their way back to the sphere Jennifer Connelly for reasons that are dubious is uh, uh, Regina Jackson played by Kathy Bates allows her to leave to try to like convince Keanu Reeves to stop this destruction because they're out of options um they let John Hamm go with her because he was there, so you go. Um, so John Hamm and Jennifer Connelly reunite with Keanu Reeves, Klaatu. Um, they try to drive towards the site where the spear, which is the UFO they're in, is at. Um, the military lets them through because the military is going to try to blow them up, which I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, you sent them there to do it, <laughs> and then you, you tried to... Sidewinder missile them and you kill John Hamm. Um, <laughs> everybody else is fine though. John Hamm is the only person that died in that like flip. Um, Keanu gets out. They get out. They got little robot swarms on them, and oh no, like they've got robots in Tatum Smith, and he's dying. Well, first they were trying to go back to the ship, but then there was too many of Gort's locusts, so mm -hmm. then they had to like go somewhere else instead. And then it's while they're kind of taking refuge, that's when they realize, like, oh, no, Jaden Smith might die. And I'm like, all right, yeah, like, <laughs> let's, let's see how this plays out. <laughs> right, we got him. Um, and Jennifer Connelly's got little robots in her, too. Um, everyone's dying. And Keanu Reeves is like, not today. Claw two. And he grabs her hands. The little robot thingy start going into him. I'm not sure why he's not able to, like, call off the dogs here. But, uh, yeah. yeah whatever so now Keanu has sacrificed kind of himself <laughs> um he walks through the swarm and touches the uh the ship um which then makes all the little like 
Gorts just stop. They just fall where they are, and there's no more Gort bots. Um, so the destruction has stopped, and you, you might have to help me out here because uh, I know that they stopped attacking everyone, eating everyone. Um, I don't recall a cool monologue like in the original. No, it's kind of like leaves. <laughs> Yeah, I think he just kind of leaves. Um, Jennifer Conley and Jacob kind of survey the oh, yeah. landscape, which is covered in like a bunch of mechanical little locust things. And I think it just kind of ends. Yeah, yeah. It's like someone's like, oh no, it's moving. It's like, no, they're departing, you know. So, yeah, Cam Reeves um, may or may not die from Gortz in his system. Um, he just leaves. Uh, he's given humanity another opportunity. Um, but at a price. Because yeah. he had warned before, there is a price to pay if humanity is saved. Well, what is that price, Dan? That price is all the electronics are dead on Earth, pretty much. That's it. That was the price. I was like, that's it? That's all you had to do? Just kill yeah. our electronics? And I'm bringing this up <laughs> because I brought it up for the original. He didn't. They didn't specify in this one that it was only certain things. So That's it's all electronics. So people in airplanes dead. People uh-huh. in life support in hospitals dead. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. just throwing that out there. Hey, you know, and uh, I don't know. Like electricity is currently not working, but like they'll figure it out. Like, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't seem like such works. a horrible price to pay. Like, the way he stated it earlier in the movie, it seems like, wow, humanity's gonna have to really do something really fucked up in order to survive. Oh, you just can't have electricity probably for a while. You could probably figure out how to get it back, but I don't know. It's never explained to us, so we don't really understand, like, you know, the weight of, like, what just happened here. Right. Like, is this, like, are we fucked? Like, no electricity forever? Is this a temporary thing? I don't know how to feel right now. I, um, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's kind of like the feeling that I generally just get from the film. I don't know how to feel about any of the stuff that uh, that I saw. Yeah, um, and that's a strange feeling because, like, I literally like I remember he touched the ship, and then like it kind of just goes blank in my memory. Like, I don't really recall because, like, we were talking about that cool speech in the original movie, mm-hmm. you know, the message to humanity and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't think they did that. And you're right. They, no didn't so it's it's funny because like okay so humanity's supposed to save itself like at this price so we don't have electronics but did he ever convey that message to world leaders in the remake yeah i don't i don't know so it's like i feel like as soon as humanity figures out how to get electricity back we're pretty much going back on the same course that we were before and we're probably going to get another visit from klaatu right and you know like I guess we have to rely on like Jennifer Connelly and Jaden Smith to be like, here's what the alien kind of meant by all this. Um, I don't think that that's going to happen. <laughs> the other side of it is when you look at it, um, I, I think as a military or like a government, you just have to interpret like the aliens came, destroyed our power grid and bounced. Like that's an act yeah. of aggression. That's yeah. an act of war. Yeah. Um, not sure what that lesson was, other than like, hey, we should try to figure out what these aliens are so we can destroy right. them or something. Like that's what. Or just better. Do. How do how do we better ourselves to prevent this from happening? Yeah. No, I think the first step is like, well, how do we 
prevent this from ever happening again. We got to build up our defenses. We need yep. more military, more weapons, more aggression. Let's reverse engineer these gorts lying yeah. on the ground. You know, like, I don't know. It, you want to talk about muddy ending. I, I, don't, I don't even know what that was. So Yeah, uh, like, it seems so weird. Like, you brought it up before. It's like, well, he, for some reason, he can't get the gort locust to stop. And for some reason, him touching his ship stops it. Like, that's not explained at all. I mean, right. you talked about how he fought to get, you know, the Klaatu Barada Nikto back in, in the film. I feel like if you just said that, or, like, maybe he has to stay in his ship, that would have made more sense than, I just have to touch my cool. ship. If, if you win the ship, you saw the inside of the ship, which we have no idea what it looks yeah. like. He gets on a little, like, microphone thing, and he's like, Klaatu Barada Nikto. It was like, that'd be kind of, that would have yeah. been lit. <laughs> It would have made that. more sense than, like, just touching the ship. Because, like, there was a point they were going to the ship. He said, there's too many of them. We need to hide. Like, you could have just kept running towards the ship and touched it then. Instead, you ran under this bridge, and then you had to run back. And yeah. You just made that shit last longer than it. You were just, you were already there. Why yeah. Why did it, we take this sidetrack for a minute? It was it's like, confusing. Like, the locusty things would have been there the whole time. So like, yeah. how long are you going to be under the bridge? Like, isn't it just going to come to the bridge and meet the bridge? Like, you were kind of close, and yeah. you seem to be doing okay with uh, the locust. Now, the kid isn't, but, like, we don't care about the kid, obviously. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, it, they, they just made some strange choices with framing this ending, um, and that that's one of them, exactly what you just described, which is, we're right there, but we can't go that way. There's too many locusts, so we're going... Like twenty steps in this direction. I, yeah, go figure that one out. Go figure out what the ship does. Figure out how it flies. Figure out all that stuff. And then look, um, as goofy as a you know like a David Bowie jumpsuit is, and um, <laughs> a big you know <laughs> fishbowl on your head, we got to see the inside of the ship. That was cool. yeah, that was cool. We got to see <laughs> Gort work out some uh, you know some yeah. buttons and dials. That was. I like that. Got to see Klaatu come back to life. I mean, I, that's I, I dig it. <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, man. These are uh, these are big moments. So, you know, uh, I still prefer, obviously, um, the original ending. But, uh, you know, this movie did what it did, and uh, we saw it. Very poignant. Very <laughs> poignant. <laughs> um, Yeah. That's how each respective film ended. I don't know if there's anything else we need to discuss. I'm trying to think if there are any other major differences or discussion points. I mean, I know I don't know your music guy, but it seems pretty much just like kind of your standard orchestral score in both films. Unless yeah. The uh, the original had a little more use of the theremin, which is yeah. very common in the uh, alien. Movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't believe I heard any theremin in the uh, remake. So, musically, um, you know, they did what they did, and as we mentioned before, if we don't really recognize the music, then the music's probably doing the right thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that was it. But uh, yeah, I don't think there's a. Uh, I don't think there's much else because, like, at the end of the day, um, as complicated as I think the remake tried to make it. It's a very straightforward story. Yep. You know, alien comes Humanity's messing up. Here's your warning. Humanity doesn't want to heed the warning. Here's your warning in a different way. <laughs> and, uh, and see ya. You know? Um, you, you know, you could add elements of uh, John Hamm and, you know, step son, you know, angst if you want. But uh, 
good frogs on aliens. Yeah. So that was that. Um, is, is this the part where we say, uh, uh, should should this remake exist? All right. I'll start with uh, just discussing the original film. I, like I said, I'd never seen it. And I do like what they did in that original film. It was an alien coming to Earth with the threat of violence and destruction without necessarily, you know, leading up to that violence and destruction. We never got the violence and destruction that was promised, potentially promised. And I, I thought that was an interesting take for an alien movie because I, I've seen a lot of alien films and they often end with this huge climax of like war and like destruction and it was pretty refreshing to see that in the original film that no um you know what we're gonna follow this alien and he's just gonna go on tour with this little boy and you're gonna like it and if you told me that i'd be like get the fuck out of here but yeah, yeah. i actually liked it yeah. <laughs> i had a good time watching uh, mr carpenter as he called himself just walking around washington with little bobby there and just you know a different take on an alien coming right. to earth and i thought it was really refreshing so I was really excited, like, oh, man, I can't wait to see how the remake handles this. And then what I got was that cliche, massive destruction alien ending that I was happy they didn't do in the original film. And I was like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> so I didn't like that. I definitely didn't like Jaden Smith's Jacob. You know, I don't I don't hate Jaden Smith as an actor. I actually liked him in the Karate Kid remake. Um all he is is a whiny brat in this film. Um, Keanu Reeves does a decent job as like an alien with no emotion because <laughs> Keanu Reeves is really good at that. I mean, I love Jennifer Conley in every role, but it's a pretty forgettable role that she's in here. Um, it just it, it missed the mark for me in so many ways. And I feel like a lot of what made that original work, they have just like, fuck that. We need a huge action piece at the end. Or otherwise, this movie's not going to reach audiences. And I feel like by adding that, you're just kind of shitting all over that original source material. It didn't make sense to me that like clot, um, that Gort just now all of a sudden has to be this destructive thing that just goes around destroying everything. It's like, really? It's like... What happened to the, like, the the message of the original film that like we get a warning first and now you're just going to all of a sudden just be that cliche alien that just goes around destroying humanity? I didn't like that. It, I feel like they changed too much and it didn't work for me. So at the end of the day, I'm going to say no, this remake should not exist. Yeah, just kind of picking up where you're coming from. Um, like I said, when I first saw The Day Girl Sits Still, it was a film class. Um, it was the reason we were watching it because like... It is an iconic film, and like you said, the way that they approached um, the alien story was different, noticeable mm -hmm. enough that, like, in a sea of movies like this, and I mean, we've done War of the Worlds, for instance, um, it th this movie stands out. Um, I do like the more just, you know, the quieter parts of the film, you know, like uh, this guy... He looks in his jacket and he says carpenter i guess i'm carpenter now uh he's interacting with people and like they're sitting there talking to an alien they have no idea um you know he is a kind of a strange fellow but like you know he fits in enough and to your point as well like just the idea of an alien kind of going to dc and getting a tour from a kid is kind of cool man like it's a really cool sequence so i just thought that like that original movie is so original um mm. that that was that was awesome the remake, I think it's trying to fill in blanks where we don't need to, right? Like, 
We don't need to know that Cano Reeves' character is a clone from a 1924 yeah. guy in Antarctica. You're already going to tell us that these are in other places, so why do I care that the spear is in Antarctica, right? Plus, I don't even know what the spear is at that point. <laughs> even when it even when it does land and it's basically the same thing, it's like I don't even know if that really registers me. Like that's mm -hmm. a ship. That's not yeah. what a spaceship typically looks like. Um, yeah, making a kid so unlikable was a bad choice. Um, Connolly, you know, tries to salvage this thing, but you know, she, her role's not big enough to do it. Keanu is doing exactly what he was tasked to do, which was to be, you know, effectively nothing. Like mm -hmm. he's supposed to be this blank slate, and uh, he he pulled that off. But there's not enough weight being pulled around him for that to work. Um, the the Mister Wu part's confusing. Uh, like you said, the, are we going to the ship? Are we going to somewhere else? And we we're talking like that was confusing. His flip flopping about killing humans or not killing humans was confusing. So ultimately, we just kind of got this like jumbled sort of mess that uh, you know it was serviceable as kind of like an actiony film, but just so like devoid of like real substance that like it's not a great movie. Um, so. Ultimately, yeah, this remake shouldn't exist because it doesn't do anything well that the original movie didn't do itself other than, like, action pieces and CGI, which are fine, you know, but, like, they're meaningless without a, without a real story. So, yeah, it shouldn't exist. Um, I still kind of like watching it because I like these people, but I didn't really like watching it because uh, <laughs> it wasn't a good movie. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah. So Just bring up uh, you mentioned like Klaatu, like Keanu Reeves does a great job being that blank slate. The problem with that is he already kind of made up his mind. Like I'm going to destroy humanity. Mm -hmm. So it's like you can have him be a blank slate, but like don't have him already with his mind made up. Like right. have him like interact with like, you know, we can have him interact with the negative government evil people and then have him interact with the good scientists and like have that like conflict. Yeah. But there's, you never really have that conflict. He's already like, no, you're fucked. I don't like you people. You're going to die. I already got the arc set up. You're all going to die. And, you know, it's just Keanu does a good job, but it's like the way they use his character didn't really uh, complement, I guess, what he brought to that character. Sure, sure. I think that um, had they made different choices with the, uh, the Jacob character in the film, like... Instead of making him so antagonistic towards his mother, his stepmother, uh, I think like little scenes like, like Cameron's like, what are you eating? It's called ice cream. Like, and then he eats ice cream. He's like, wow, that's something we don't have on my planet. Something that is goofy yeah. and tropey is that like, take this into another level. And they refuse yeah. to make the fish out of water story. They just make the fish that wants to uh, drain the, the, the ocean and like, you know, like, that's basically the story, and I'm, I'm just not sure why they went that route. Yeah, it's so weird, because there is one moment in the remake where he hears some Bach, and he's like, wow, I didn't know humans could do this. This is actually really amazing. So maybe, you, you know, have more moments like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, but we don't. <laughs> not yeah. at all. It, it's like if, uh, if they started kind of like the original film where, like, he was there to, like, give humans a chance, and then at every turn they're kind of, like, shooting him and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and he's like, then he's like, I'm conflicted because I came here to do this thing, but this is how you guys behave. And Connolly and like the kid and the professor trying to convince him, no, 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 we're not all like this. 
that's more compelling than this because like you said his mind was like he knew what he was gonna do in the opening sequence so like when they shot him that wasn't necessarily the worst the worst plan you know yeah. um <laughs> it's actually a pretty good plan yeah yeah i guess the gort would have still gored it but uh i mean i don't know maybe he wouldn't have you know uh it just kind of confusing in a way that is unexcusable because it's like yeah. not that complicated in the story all right. Well, <laughs> that's our verdicts. Um, let us know in the comments what you think. Uh, do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Did we miss anything? Let us know. For now, we got to pick our next episode. So you picked this. I've been doing kind of some serious movies. We did this. We did Justice League. Um, I'm thinking maybe... All right. So for the next episode, you know, our next episode is actually our 50th episode, Reggie. Did you know that? I did not know that. I did not know that either. I so, thought we were at 49. I'm so, <laughs> so we're going to do a couple things. We're going to do an episode, a regular episode, and then we're actually going to have a special episode as well um, where we discuss kind of our favorites uh, that we liked and the ones that we didn't like as much. But the next episode that we do, I think it's 50, Reggie. We got to go big. I think we should do RoboCop. Wow. RoboCop. Murph. <laughs> <laughs> all right look uh, 50 episodes is a, is a big deal yeah that's you know, landmark stuff for us um and i mean robocop you can't you can't go bigger than that yeah so. all right so next episode robocop yeah citizen stand back <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it you have 10 seconds to comply all right I'm Dan Bulick. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, uh, be sure to give us a like and subscribe if not already. If you're listening on iTunes, if you give us a five stars, or that would be greatly appreciated. And as always, uh, you can find us at Retro vs. Remake on, uh, on Instagram, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, uh, pretty much anywhere you're going to get your podcast. Uh, as always, we appreciate you liking our stuff. Please rate, comment, you know, where you can. Is there a film you want us to do? Is there a film you absolutely hate that we did? Uh, let us know. And uh, any feedback is, is always uh, welcome. Yes. I'm Dan Bielek. I'm Reggie Parker. This has been another episode of Retro vs. Remake.